The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hi, I'm Bill's defensive end Greg Russo, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills! Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. If you are in the Western New York or Central New York area and you happen to be driving by or you think like you want to watch some games, put a bet down, check out the Delago Resort and Casino in Waterloo, New York. We've been there several times. You will not be disappointed. Let's switch gears to talking about the Bills, Panthers, final preseason game, and then also just the preseason wrap-up in general. Um, you are one of the writers that talks about the 53-man roster projection, so that's going to be an interesting conversation to have as well. Um, I'm talking with BuffaloRumblings.com staff writer uh, Sean Murphy. Well, we, he, we've had him on several times before. Such a good conversation every single time. And this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Um, if you're in Waterloo, check out the Delago Resort and Casino. You will not regret it. Um, so, first of all, let's talk about the game in general. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. we mentioned, we just talked about the Matariza issue, uh, <laughs> the debacle and that whole thing. And I think that the Bills were a little bit you know, I th- I think it kind of festered into the game a little bit. I mean, the Bills had won ten preseason games before this, um, and the Bills looked like garbage on offense and and defense. They weren't as bad, but they're playing against the Panthers starters. Yeah, it, it was so, hard to it's hard to give a fair eval on them because of that because the Panthers were playing their starters uh, for the majority of, if not the entirety, of the first half. Mm-hmm. But they they definitely looked flat. They they definitely looked like they were bothered. It didn't seem like a even in the preseason when you're trying to to maintain your health. It definitely it it bled in. You, you I think you could see it. You could feel it in in their energy level. 
yeah, that's kind of the the thought I had going into this game. I'm like, well, this is going to be an interesting game. Like, let's see how this, you know, ends up going. And, uh, you know, 21 nothing loss. Not great. Yeah. Not great, Bob. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think the most important thing to come from this is, and I, and I say this about every single Bills preseason game, is injury-wise, like, who got injured, like, you know, I mean, because you never really know how the game's going to play out, and it really doesn't matter at all. It's injuries, and it looks like right now, like, there weren't any serious, serious injuries. Um, I think defensive tackle Eli Anku was questionable to return. I don't know if he actually did return later in the game. Um, it's so hard to pay attention to who exactly is on the line at any given time. Um, Especially in the preseason because guys are coming in, they're coming out, and then you're like, who the hell is number 59? And then you got to like scroll through and and, and it's like, oh, Kingsley Jonathan. Who is Kingsley Jonathan? And then I have to like refer back to my own notes. But yeah, it, I don't think Anku came back um, and Cam Lewis got hit in the face mm-hmm. and I think he left for the game, but he practiced... Uh, yesterday according to the the beat guys when they were talking about it so i think that it's they said he had an x-ray on his nose so Mm -hmm. i think he he got trucked and and may have i don't think he broke his nose if he was practicing the day following but he was yeah he left for a bit which is important because he is a fringe roster player um, you're not sure if he'll make it or not, um, which we'll get into in, in the future. But right. the other thing is wide receiver Tanner Gentry is, was questionable to return with a knee hamstring injury. Won't make the team. Um, running yep. back Duke Johnson um, had an ankle injury, but he returned to the game. Yep. Another potential fringe player, which we'll get to in a bit. But, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to take from this. Like you said, like, you know, the Panthers were trying to get their starters together, which was smart of them because, you know, uh, when you have Baker Mayfield in a new offense, like, you want to get him more reps. Like, you, that's something that you don't need with Josh Allen. And, and the Bills' current offense, where they return right. so many starters on both sides of the ball, like what do you, what do you, why does Von Miller need to take a snap? Why does Josh Allen need to take a snap? Like, okay, they they played a, a series, you know, in preseason yeah. game number two. That's enough. And not for nothing, I thought that was one series too many to play <laughs> Allen because yeah. I mean, like you said, you were going to put the explicit tag on this one, right? Yeah. All right, good because yeah, the yeah. Uh, the uh, the the phrase that I re- I don't know who they were talking about or who the coach was. But it basically came down to if the starting quarterback goes down, we're fucked. And we don't and we don't practice fucked. So he was saying that like if Allen gets hurt, sure, Case Keenum's a pretty good quarterback, but if Allen gets hurt, Buffalo's fucked. Like there's so there's no point, I I think, in, in having played him. But uh to have watched the the backup group and and yes, it was twenty one nothing, but the points came after Matt Barkley uncorked a net 27-yard punt and and Carolina drove, you know, 45 yards for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then the second touchdown came after Case Keenum had a ball batted at the line and then batted again, and then it was intercepted at mm-hmm. his own 20. So really, Buffalo's backups allowed 21 points and... Two of the touchdowns were because their third-string quarterback was punting mm-hmm. and because the backup quarterback was standing behind the second-slash-third-team offensive line and the first-team Carolina defensive line was able to make a play. So when you're uh, looking at it through that lens, the, the score is not surprising, but mm-hmm. it's also not, not that big a deal. I think they, they acquitted themselves fairly well, the backups did. 
I, you know, I, I'm glad you said that, Sean, because there, there were times when I'm watching this game, and I'm like, you know what? I know that the end of the score. I'm rewatching it on NFL Plus, and I'm like, you know, the Bills' second string defense didn't play that poorly against May- Baker Mayfield and that no. first string Carolina Panthers offense. In fact, like I'd be disappointed actually in the outcome. Like not disappointed. Like I'm glad they beat up on them a little bit, but I mean the the Panthers, if I'm not mistaken, they had to do. They had to complete at least one, if not two, fourth down conversions to even yeah. get a, a touchdown on either one or both of those drives um, where Baker Mayfield scored a touchdown. And, you know, all things considered, like the Bills' second string defense was getting some pressure on the, you know, Panthers' first string offensive line. It seemed to me like they were shutting down the run and making Baker Mayfield, for the most part, yes. throw the ball. I mean, this isn't, you know, Christian McCaffrey, it was Chubba Hubbard, so it's a little bit different for, you know, the Panthers' backfield. But um, I thought all throughout this entire preseason, um, and let's get into this because I think we've talked, you talked about Matt Barkley punting. Like, that was amazing. Um, you know, kudos to him for being able to step up. And they asked, in, in his press conference, they asked him, like, you know, did they tell you you were going to do it or did they ask me? He said, they asked me and I accepted. A um, few minutes before the game. <laughs> it's like, that. I don't know. That would be like the equivalent of, and I mean, again, I did it to a girl in a high school softball game this year. I looked at her and I said, hey, Jenna, you're going to play left field today. And she went, okay. And then in the fourth inning, after she had made like four dynamite catches, I'm like, hey, you're doing a great job out there. She goes, coach, I've never played left field before. Uh I was like, oh, all right. Well, I figured she's like, I've played right, but like, it's totally different over here. So I I don't even know what I'm doing. So I was like, all right, well, whoops, we're short. Here we go. You just have to play it. Somebody was sick. Somebody was hurt. You throw them out there and they do it. And Barkley, for him to have done that in a professional game, is yeah. I, it's I, it's not exactly the thing that I I think any of us thought we'd be talking about or or writing about when you've got Matt Barkley out here not being the quarterback but he's punting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he did also play the quarterback in that game well, too. It was hilarious because there were a couple of guys. It might have been uh, one of our. It was. I forget who tweeted it, but somebody was like, wow, the punter is playing quarterback now? This is amazing. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it was really good. This is like 1920s football right here. Like the quarterback's also the punter, is also the kicker, yeah. is also, you know, the cornerback on defense. Like this is this is cool stuff. So let me go over some of the quick uh, stats for the game. Um Matt Barkley, which we just mentioned, leading passer for the Buffalo Bills, 9 of 13, 100 yards, uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Case Keenum, 8 for 13, 46 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. What I will say for Case Keenum is he did not have a good preseason, in my opinion, for the most part. But when he was good in the preseason was when he was with the first string offensive line and wide receivers and running backs. Bingo. So, so yes. I mean, like I said, can't take much from these preseason games, but I'll tell right. you what's, what makes me excited is sure. He had that ball bat at the line of scrimmage. Would that happen if Spencer Brown or Dave Questenberry was his right tackle instead of whoever Luke Tenuta, Luke Tenuta. <laughs> like yeah. rookie right. six round yeah. tackle. Yeah. Luke Tenuta, Tanner Owen. They're like <laughs> guys that are not going to make the team blocking for him and he's throwing to guys who are not gonna make the team so yeah he he looked better when he had the talent around him that he will have if he has to step in 
at some point in the game. Yes, yeah. So that so that should give us some sort of excitement about on this uh, leading rusher. For the Buffalo Bills, Raheem Blackshear, again, 13 attempts for 47 yards, zero touchdowns. I mean, let's talk about him for a second because I feel like he's been this year's Jake Kumro or whoever you want to say, well, um, he's, Des he Lewis is, or whatever. Like, I mean, he's, he's this year's Antonio Williams, mm-hmm. who was that year's, uh, like all of the Christian Wade, yep. who was that year's, uh, Joyke Bell, who Joyke was Bell. that. Like, think about all of these, like, running back darlings that Buffalo has had in the preseason that then they don't go through. But this, this kid seems legit, right? right? Like, he runs hard. His cuts are sharp. He's good out of the backfield catching the football. It would be really nice if they could sneak him onto the practice squad because I think there's, there's no chance that he makes the roster. No. Just, okay. just none, I don't think. Cause I, our guy, I was killing Zach Moss the last time we talked, and then he didn't play at all in the in the Carolina game, no. nor did Devin Singletary, which tells me that both of them obviously are safe. And Moss had a fairly good preseason. He was he was getting a lot of those inside the five touches. You fantasy football people, go ahead and uh, make sure that you, you take note of that. But he he looked sharp, and he also said that he had recovered from an ankle injury that he had been dealing with. But between Moss and Singletary and James Cook, there's your three already. Taiwan Jones is going to make it as a, a specialist, even if he gets released uh, and then re-signed immediately the day after cutdowns. Um, so I think Blackshear is is unfortunately going to be a victim of a numbers game. Just keep our fingers crossed that they can slip him onto the practice squad. Oh, I know, especially with next season being or this season being. Devin Singletary's potential last season with the Buffalo Bills because he's a free agent after this season. Like, man, it'd be nice to, if Zach Moss continues, you know, playing as well as he has, have him step up in this role. James Cook another year, you know, Raheem Blackshear as the third running back. Like, that's a great trio right there, I think. Um, And I'd be all for that, everyone having another year of experience under their belt. But, yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm glad you brought that up already as a a tease to your 53-man projection, you know, thoughts. (laughs) Um, Duke Johnson is the next leading rusher, had six attempts for 20 yards. And that Um, guy's another one. He's a professional running back. Like... He should be able to make this team, but I don't think he's going to. Yeah, yeah. Like I was, I, I'm, I'm going to mention this a little bit later when we talk about like preseason conclusions. But I thought he had a great game. I thought in general he had a really good preseason. Um, and I was not expecting him to run as well as he has. Uh, he's but fast. I, he, he's, he's. Yeah, there's burst there. He's, I, yeah. I, I, I like him. I like him a lot, and uh, not as much as Raheem Blackshear, of course. But, I mean, I, I like Duke Johnson more than I thought I would, especially with James Cook coming because you know he's going to make the roster. So you're like, well, obviously Duke Johnson's out, but, like, man, maybe if you stash him on the practice, I don't know, you know, like yep. break glass in case of emergency. Like, that's not mm-hmm. the worst situation to be in. But, uh, but anyway, leading receiver um, is – hold on. It's Neil Pau, which – Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was a leading receiver, uh, four receptions on five targets for 46 yards. Okay. Yeah, he he will not make the team. No, he um, will not. What did <laughs> what did uh, what did Isaiah Hodgins do numbers wise in that one? Isaiah Hodgins was four receptions on six targets for 19 yards. Okay, so yeah, he got the short end. That he guy. Was, mm-hmm. Talk to me about his preseason because I I feel like that's a dude who I thought he was going to be on the outside looking in. 
but he, in my mind, has played his way on. He's my training camp preseason crush of this entire. I mean, besides you know Raheem Blackshear, you know like, but I I feel like Isaiah Hodgins. I'm just more invested in because he's been with the team. This is his third season, yeah. and he's had two injury riddled training camps. I mean, there's a point in which you know people are saying in their rookie season, their very first training camp, that he might be better than Gabriel Davis in training camp. Like they were saying, he's not only smart, but he's you know he's he's good. He's great at you know high pointing the ball, yeah. and uh, so. I I mean, I've really enjoyed his preseason, um, and I think that uh, I'm hoping that they can somehow find a way to stash him on the roster. If I know it'll come down to special teams, so if he's like seventy percent of whatever Jake Kumaro is, mm-hmm. um, and I have nothing against Jake Kumaro, I think he's good, but he's just not a long term solution. Like this is a homegrown draft pick, so right. he's just more invested. Like I would easily take him over Jake Kumaro. For that reason alone, and then you know, uh, I just keep you know keep bringing in these weapons for Josh Allen to in case someone gets injured, in case someone gets down. He's a boundary receiver. The Bills don't have a ton of depth at boundary receiver. If Gabriel Davis goes down, who's the first guy after him? Like Khalil Shakir, it has to be, which is right. mostly he's been mostly a slot guy, but he's played both. Um, you know, he's the first guy out on. Fortunately, you'd rather have another guy like a six foot three, six foot four Isaiah Hodgins. Yeah, just somebody with a little bit of size so that you can give give defenses something different to look at too. Because I know I've I've seen guys talk about how if if Davis were to get hurt, then they'd probably kick Jamison Crowder to the outside and they would play Isaiah McKenzie more in the slot. And then you would have Shakir, but then you're playing guys where they're not necessarily as strong so it would be nice to have and it would then become a receiving core that has a lot of redundant guys it has a lot of 5 10 to 6 foot who are space guys but if they get a corner who is you know like a Kyer Elam who is long and athletic then it could give them trouble I know Stefan Diggs has had trouble with Kansas City's corners the last few times they've played because they've got guys who are long and who are quick so it's if if you have that size it just gives you a little bit different element to get in there and I'm with you I love Jake Kumaro but I I would like to see them try to find a way to keep him but if they try to keep him then you're looking at Diggs and Davis and Crowder and McKenzie and Shakir and Kumaro and Hodgins. Uh, did I did I miss anybody? Because they're probably talking about Mark Marquez Stevenson is probably going to end up on the pup at least, right? On, or IR on pup on pup or IR, and they mm-hmm. probably don't want to put him on IR in the preseason because if you do that, then he's out for the entire year. So they're probably going to want to keep him on the roster merely to move him to IR so that they could bring him back later. Mm-hmm. Um, Which he's so, someone that I liked before his injury. Like, I mean, yeah. not as much as Isaiah Hodgins, but I liked his game. I think he's stepping up. I I think I think Isaiah Hodgins, he doesn't bring the, the after yards after catch, like in his game, but his ability to high point the ball or find the ball and pluck it out of the air, like he did that in the preseason. And, yes. and that's something that the Bills – have but not with size you know what i mean yes no he is and that's you mentioned that there were some draft nicks who had liked hodgins more than gabe davis and one of the the guys who i respect the most of uh, in the draft that i look at is is our old buddy chris trapasso and and i know that chris had hodgins ranked 
above Davis. And I, he was really high on him at that point. And I remember kind of thinking like, well, why did he go two rounds later? But then I always kind of go back and anything that I know about the NFL draft, it's because I've read what Dan LaVoy writes or, <laughs> yeah. or because of what Griff writes or because of what Max writes and, and like all of our guys, I don't know anything about NCAA football. So like mm-hmm. when I, when I read Chris, I read Dan, I read Max, I read all those guys. Then I feel like I can figure it out. But looking at Hodgins's numbers in college and then looking at his skill set, it, it was exciting to see him. And he made a grab uh, on a fourth down in this Carolina game where Keenum just threw an awful ball. Like it was two clicks behind to the wrong shoulder. And Hodgins was able to, as he's running toward the sideline, reach over and through a defender, grab it, take it around him and get the first down. Mm-hmm. And like, I had the misfortune of watching the game with the Panthers announcers <laughs> doing the talking. Uh-huh. And and both of them even were like, "Oh wow, that was that was some catch." <laughs> we were like, "Uh huh, yeah, yeah, yes, it, that was." If you think the coaching staff didn't notice that catch, I mean, they I, they, they absolutely yeah. did. I also think that there's a lot of other coaching staffs that have realized. And if Hodgins goes, I mean, here, ready? Yeah. Where do you think Hodgins is going to get claimed? Giants. Buffalo. Uh-huh. 110%. Dayball is sitting here. Dayball is that meme of the big fella in the yellow jacket standing behind the, tr- the tree. Shaq, yeah. Right now, he's just waiting for, for this guy to go ahead and, and get released because the Giants receiver room is like the land of misfit toys at this point. Like, mm-hmm. you've got guys that just don't fit what Dayball wants to do. And if if Hodgins, if you release Hodgins, he's in he's in New Jersey immediately. So I I think that I'd like to see them try to stick him another tease towards the fifty three. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So let's let's. I mean, I think we we pretty much those were stats of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. I think you know we kind of mentioned a ton of different. Um, things with that game. There wasn't a, a lot to take uh, from it. I think we hit on everything. Let's talk about the preseason in general. Like normally on the podcast, like when we do recaps of games during the season or even mm-hmm. some of the preseason games, we talk about Sweet Sassy Molassie plays of the game, <laughs> right? Sweet Sassy Molassie. Uh, so I, I, I don't know if there's one that sticks out to you at all, Sean, but like the one that I think really like I remember watching and thinking, you know, and of course we have to do this, like, completely take out all Matariza plays, you know, which there's only a few, but like, you know, the ones that we were excited. That's another thing that thinks about this whole thing is like, not only the terrible things that, that occurred, but like, you know, I can't even enjoy the things that I used to enjoy. Like, it's, I know it's dumb and I know it makes no sense, but like, I have to look at, look back at that and then like, that was so stupid. I can't believe I got excited about it, you know, yeah. for, for a, a future felon, you know, to be doing something like, ah. I can't believe I got excited. I feel guilty like I enabled him by like rejoicing in like that play like man, you know, like anyway, I'm going way too far with this, but um <laughs> my my sweet as he play of the preseason was the Terrell Bernard 69-yard fumble return touchdown against the uh in, Indianapolis Colts backup quarterback Nick Foles. 
It was a strip sack from Boogie Basham. And, like, I mean, we hadn't seen a ton from Terrell Bernard. I think he had a good preseason in general. I'm excited to see what he's going to do if he comes in on certain downs within the season or if he's strictly just a backup at linebacker. But um, I I love that. That that was just a really exciting – play of the preseason and uh and i loved it was there was there a sweet sassy molassy play for you in the preseason i know it's hard to find them because there wasn't a ton of i mean it could have been a josh i i won't i won't speak for you but uh, was there (laughs) the the bernard the bernard scoop and score was a really nice one um i i particularly did enjoy the uh josh allen oops dad told me not to scramble so let me get back in the pocket and oh shoot there's Gabe let me just fire a laser 40 yards down in the air okay good touchdown (laughs) that worked out um but honestly Matt Barkley hitting a 53 yard punt it his second time that he's ever had to punt and he shanks it off the side of his foot and it bounces and takes a great roll and keeps going and keeps going. And then it epitomizes everything that's good about this roster because as he's coming off the field, the guys are swarming him. They're all up on him, like hyping him up for being able to go ahead and do something. But yeah, my my big play on that one is probably a uh, a lighter one because I, I like that in, in in the midst of all that negativity that was going down, for Barkley to have been able to come out and a 53-yard punt that was downed inside the 10-yard line, and that's the second time you've ever done it. Mm-hmm. But that, that was that was pretty great. Yeah, yeah. If there was anything positive to take away from that this past weekend and that game, um, and all the news coming out was Matt Barkley stepping up to the plate and having that. I like. I I really like that one. Sean, so those are Sweet Sassy Molassi plays of the game brought to you, or plays of, plays of the preseason brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Now let's talk about Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame for the preseason. And I'm going to start off with Wall of Fame um, for this preseason. And um, we, I, I think what stuck out to me the most, and it went from the first string offense to the second string offense to the third string offense because you saw with Raheem Blackshear which we which we both admitted we really like on this team is just the run game like the run game actually exists Sean like this isn't like a drill you know and I know it's it's only preseason (laughs) this is this this is only preseason I know it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things but just in general for them to show the ability to run the like they like Blackshear didn't have an amazing game against the Panthers but like he was finding holes with Luke Tenuta attack like you mentioned all these guys that will not make the team you know, on the offensive line, and they're they're finding a way. You know, the pass game still needs a lot of help, but they don't have Josh Allen back there. And right, and but the fact that like, and, and the fact that this actually might be a year or a season where the Bills can run the ball, not necessarily as the principal form of offense. Like, right. sure, it'll go through the through Josh Allen in the passing game, but the ability to do so when you need to would be something. That's the key. I feel like that's been missing a lot with Brian Dable. As, as much as, as great of a coach as he was, as great of a coordinator and play caller was, I feel like that was one thing that was really lacking um, in the past few seasons. So that's my that's my wall of fame of the preseason. Yeah, I, I agree with you in that regard. And I there's two things about the running game that I I want to touch on really quick. And one of them is that when I'm watching the game with my now eight-year-old 
and he can look at how they're lined up and go, Daddy, I think they're going to hand it off to Singletary. And then they do. And then it goes for one yard. I think the NFL defensive coordinator across from you can tell that it's going to be a handoff too. So Dayball, great passing game coordinator, great yeah, and actually, wasn't Ken Dorsey's job last year the past? Yes, it was. It was. So, very good job with Josh Allen. Very good job at tailoring the the passing game to Allen's needs. I, I do think that the the run game was a little unimaginative. But I also want to touch on something that Cody Ford said, uh, ironically, if a day or two before uh, Buffalo traded him, because they asked him about the difference between Bobby Johnson and Aaron Cromer, the new offensive line coach. And I think that the the transcript said that Ford paused for a good eight seconds, just silence. And then he was like, the things we're being taught this year are really clear and really helpful. And that was a about as damning as you're going to get to a former coach Without just saying that, you know, the guy had us doing stuff that, that wasn't that good. And Cromer is great, I guess, as long as you don't steal his beach chairs. <laughs> he should he should probably be uh, – you should probably stay away from his chairs. But he – as an offensive line coach, there's nobody who is – who has been that good for Buffalo in a very long time. And, and they were good. He had guys that, that like John Miller and, and Jordan Mills – playing well in his first stint here and maybe well is a, a for a, them for them well for them well for them <laughs> yeah yeah but like talk about wall of fame the guy i'm gonna put on my wall of fame for the the preseason bobby hart man like i came out i was killing bobby hart on this <laughs> thing i'm pretty sure that I referred to him as a human turnstile. Yes. In, both in print and here, I think I made a, like a corny Billy Joel joke. I said, Turnstiles is a great Billy Joel album, but I don't want, you know, Bobby Hart on my offensive line. And this guy, he played right guard very well. He bounced out to left guard very well. He was playing left tackle in the third and fourth quarter and looked good. Like sure, he got clowned a couple of times by some better play every once in a while. I think in the Denver game he got beat up a little bit, but there were moments where like Bobby Hart looked good. He looked damn good. And the fact that he looked good enough for Buffalo to trade a guy that they drafted in the second round is really a testament to how, how hard he worked and how well he played. And it's I it's a pretty cool thing. For, for me to have seen that guy because he's he's got a ton of starting experience and do you know how old bobby hart is oh geez is he uh i heard that he played six seasons with the texans so 28 i think i think he's 28 years old 29? and yeah, like in my head like the guy started like 70 games in his <laughs> nfl career wow. like that's a great resume for a guy who is going to be your he's not even the first tackle off the bench for Buffalo, because presumably it's going to be Tommy Doyle or the uh, the loser of the right tackle, the whether it's Spencer Brown or, or David Questenberry, which is a, a battle that I didn't expect to be happening, but it's happening. But that's <laughs> a, another point. But Hart is probably what offensive lineman number nine on on there, mm-hmm. and like he probably is going to make the team. 
and that that's good for him. I, I think he had a great preseason. I I was happy to see that. Yeah, I like that one. I like that. That's definitely out of the box thinking, Sean. I was not going to say that, but I I've definitely noticed you know the praise that he's been getting and his play has gotten better. I mean, hats. Head off to uh, Aaron Cromer, you know, just don't steal his, uh, what was it, his beach chair? Was that what I it was, his beach I'm chair? I'm pretty sure it was beach chairs, you think, yeah. Do you think he used, like, some sort of uh, blocking technique to knock the kid down? Like, some, did he pancake him? Did he, you know, did he just use some hands, like, just really get in there and just, like, you know, for, I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. He went, he went straight, Clint, get off my lawn. <laughs> he went, mm, yeah. get off my beach chairs. Man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I, uh. I like that one a lot. So let's go into our wall of shame for the preseason. And I'm just gonna—I don't—I don't know if we can give it to anyone but Matariza on this one. At least, at least I was going to. I don't know about yeah. you. It's like, it's like, man, you—I ru- already mentioned earlier how he ruined the preseason or the things that I wanted to enjoy <laughs> because I, he yeah, is who he I, is. <laughs> I was—I was gonna stretch and be like, well, maybe I'm gonna unfairly give this to Case Keenum because we said he was bad, but no. I mean, yeah, all right, like. I I was in a bad mood. Yeah. And my like my wife was looking at me like, What's wrong? You okay? And I'm like, I'm just really aggravated with this Buffalo thing. They need to they need to release this guy. And I've like I'm sitting here getting upset because this guy is on the roster. So yeah, there's the the wall of shame when you uh yeah, when you do what he was accused of doing and what it seems like he probably did. It uh yeah. You you get to, you get put on a wall of shame. Yeah, you deserve to be there, be there, and hopefully, this is the last time we ever mention his name um, ever again. Because why why do it? Like he he will well, never be a part of the the team or anything else. So um, yeah. and you know, I I read somewhere too, like he never was part of the team because he's not officially on the team until he's made it the fifty three. Mm. And like if you look at a guy's Wikipedia page. His will forever, it'll say Buffalo Bills 2022 with that little asterisk. And it'll say practice squad and or offseason member only. Uh-huh. And you know what? It's it, at least we'll, we'll be able to have that where it's like, yeah, no, he was he was here. And, and then he was gone before he was able to to be part of the, the team and tarnish the franchise. So I'm, I'm, I am glad that he's gone. And like you said, maybe... Uh, now we just don't mention his name. It'll be like, remember that time? And we can go, nope, we're not talking about <laughs> no, that anymore. Exactly. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
Exactly. So um, I put a, a quick thing on Twitter right before we got on to record this, and I just asked, you know, a, a few people like who or what is on your wall of fame and wall of shame. And Stu McAllister writes in, he said, I hate to admit it, but Bitcoin is on the wall of fame. Yeah, which we <laughs> which we love that. Maddie, Maddie Barkley, Bitcoin Barkley, right? Yeah. Um, and then he said the punter who shall not be named is on the wall of, you know, wall yeah, of fame. The wall of, a wall yeah, of shame, it. sorry. He's, yeah, wall of he's get the, the fuck out of here is what he said, but <laughs> <laughs> I had the explicit tag on. It's all good. I'm with it. I'm with him. <laughs> I'm with Stu, him, too. Stu, my man. <laughs> Stu's the best. So MJZ writes in. He says, uh, wall of fame is Blackshear. So he's he's also a huge okay. fan of Blackshear, which I know the, the Bills Mafia fan base is as a whole. And he says, wall of shame, the Bills internal staff dropping the ball on their quote-unquote due diligence. Yep. I like that one a lot. Yep. And then Omega Outlier writes, he says, Wall of Fame, Matt Barkley, quarterback edition, Matt Barkley, punter edition, and Matt yep. Barkley, sideline, cheerleader edition. <laughs> exactly. I Jacket I, waver. <laughs> Jacket waver. Dude, I love, I know he'll never be, you know, what they thought he was going to be coming out of college, being like the all-time leading passer at USC. Uh, but I mean, there's a lot to like about the guy, uh, from a, a culture standpoint. And, yes. and what is, what does this say, like, in general, like, for the Bills to be able to bring back guys like Matt Barkley, guys like, you know, uh, Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips, like guys that aren't getting a paid a whole lot, but they want to come back for one season just to be part of this team because they love it so much. I mean, this I I love Matt Barkley for that reason alone, and uh, and I and yeah yeah I I love yes. that one from him. And now I got news for you too, and this you can I'm going to put this out into the the world just so that we can say that it happened uh, if it does come to fruition. But the uh, the one USC quarterback who I foresee. Uh, also joining the Bills in the near future, probably as early as next year, is one uh, Sam Darnold mm. as well. I I would I would put money on Darnold being a backup and and having the quarterback room end up Allen, Darnold, and Barkley at some point because they're all good friends. And and again, that's another it, the USC guy. Uh, who came out and never quite was what he thought mm -hmm. or what he was expected to be. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I could see this being something that, that goes down because a guy like Barkley to come back, to leave, to come back, um, it, it does, it shows that, that bond that, that they were able to, to have between Allen and him and, and between the city and, and Barkley, frankly, oh, because yeah. he's, I mean, what a good dude. Like I, I was at the Jets game where he started. Mm-hmm. And because that one, that's close to me. Whenever the Bills play the Jets, that's that's an hour and a half, two hours from my house. So that's the one that we usually go to. Mm -hmm. And I remember we're in the car on the way down, uh, might have been enjoying some sodas in the back seat while uh, somebody who was not enjoying sodas was driving. <laughs> yeah. uh, next time I get in a car, Jersey State Troopers are going to be like, there he is, get him. Uh, and we're sitting there and my buddy is like, well. At least we know we're going to get our asses kicked because freaking Matt Barkley is starting today. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be horrible. And then the guy throws for 220 and two TDs. And we're like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love I love the fact that you brought up uh, Sam Darnold coming back because when Sam Darnold did go down with an inj injury, he was carted off the field. You know, Josh Allen was one of the few players from the yeah. Bills sidelines that came over to say, you know, because like you said, they're friends. They're all good friends. Um, they're all getting coached up by Jordan Palmer. Um I, I could absolutely, I'm glad you said that because I could absolutely see that happening. And I don't know how severe, 
um, Darnold's injury is, to be quite honest. Um, I haven't followed it at all, but I mean, that, if that's something he comes back with next year, uh, you know, uh, with the Buffalo Bills, that would not surprise me. And I'd welcome it. I always, even when he yes. was with the Jets, I, I almost felt bad for him. 100%. because because That organization's cursed. <laughs> Yeah. I kind of like that they're cursed because I can't stand them, but I felt bad for him. He seems like a good kid. Exactly, exactly. And I don't feel that way about Zach Wilson. I could care less what happens to him. But, like, for some reason with Sam Darnold, like, I actually, like, we had a little bit of an affinity towards him. Like, as a fan base, we're like, man, I don't think he deserves this. You know, like, all this stuff that was happening. So I th- I think a lot of it is because he could have been our guy. Because mm. there's an alternate universe out there where Sam Darnold is Buffalo's quarterback and, and Josh Allen is the Jets quarterback. Yep. And I'd be really interested to go to that universe real quick, just like, you know... Do the the whole like multiple Spider Man's yeah. theory? Spider's Man, Spider Man, Sp- multiverse. Uh, yeah, yeah. Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm yeah. thinking like Rick and Morty, like going out in the, in right. the portal. Yeah, like, yeah, and like just see if Darnold's career was better in Buffalo with a better infrastructure around him, and see what would have happened. There's probably one where where Lamar Jackson is here. There's probably one where Josh Rosen is here. So there's there's a lot of different ways that that could have gone. So I feel like looking at Darnold being, A, a class guy, B, mishandled by a, a terrible football team, and C, the fact that he could have been our guy, I, th- I think that that's a lot of that playing into it. Because there are an awful lot of Bills fans who, who like – Sam Darnold. There's there's some fun stuff with Zach Wilson that maybe I won't uh, maybe I won't throw out there. But, yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> he's well, he's a real. <laughs> Never mind. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm real. I yeah, I know what you're gonna say. He's a real MFer. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, you know, I. I think about that with with Sam Darnold coming to and and Buffalo is a perfect spot now to bring in these like cast off first round draft picks that never really got a good shake at it. I mean, just look at Mitchell Trubisky fighting for the starting job um, yeah. with the Steelers. I don't know if he if it was given to Kenny Pickett yet or if they plan on doing. I I, I haven't really followed that, but I haven't um, either. But the fact but that he's competing yeah. for it and he was almost a cast off after the Bears. Like I mean, he was until they drafted him. He was going to be until. Drafted Pickett, he was going to be the starter for right. the Pittsburgh Steelers after Ben Roethlisberger. So give Sam Darnold a season, you know, let him learn behind uh, Josh Allen, and then give him, you know, good coaching, coach him up, give him a good atmosphere where he can grow, give him, you know, good receivers to throw to and a good line yeah. to protect him, and see what happens. And I'm, I would be all on board for that. I'm glad you brought that up. So I, I we we've talked a ton about all different. Sp- topics we talked about matariza we talked about the bills panthers recap we talked about the preseason in general wall of famers and wall of shamers by the way that was brought to you by the DraftKings sportsbook at delago 53 man roster projection sean um where are the fringe players or positions that you're thinking of i mean we, we mentioned raheem blackshear probably not going to make the team duke johnson probably not going to make the team like i mentioned before my wall of fame like i love the run game i mean duke johnson looked great we mentioned that earlier like i mean this team is legit zach moss looked great Devin singletary and his one series looked great mm-hmm. i mean james cook looked great i mean he just brings a different element um and it, where do you see i mean running back wise I mean, does Taiwan Jones definitely make the roster? Do they make room for a Duke Johnson or Raheem Blackshear? I mean, how do you, how do you see that position or group or just any of them on the fringe? So I, I think that Jones makes the roster, even though he may initially be released. Uh, cause Matt, Matt Warren had, had mentioned this and I think Buffalo did it last year. 
uh, where they released Jones knowing that they were going to re-sign him right afterward so that they could get some players onto injured reserve so that they didn't have to try to pass those guys through waivers. Or I don't actually know if you can cut a guy when he's hurt. I think you may have to put him on the season-ending version of it. So there's a couple of spots. Uh, Marquez Stevenson is one who I think they're going to keep him on the roster just to IR him. And Tredavious White is another where I think that that he's going to be obviously on the roster, uh, but then he's going to end up on the pup list once that goes in there. So then you look at what other positions they're trying not to lose guys. And, and I think that running back, I don't, I don't think they're going to try to stash Johnson uh, or Blackshear on the roster. I think that they're going to release them, and and if they like them and, and hope that they can hang on to them uh, on a practice squad. I think Duke Johnson's had too good a preseason. Uh, and he ha- he did very well in his short time with Miami last year as well. So I, I think he's going to end up on somebody's 53. Um the fringe spots to me are really offensive line, linebacker, and corner. Who are the guys that you stick around with? Uh, the O-line is interesting just because of your your little uncertainty with some guys that have been nicked up. With Spencer Brown working his way back from that back injury, Tommy Doyle's been dealing with a foot or an ankle injury. Uh and those are obviously two guys that you expect that are going to make the roster. So Greg Mance, who is thought to be the, the number two center, has not been able to, to stay healthy either. So you've got those three guys. Uh, you're presumed, uh, well, here, let me, the starting five would probably be Dawkins, Bates, Morse, uh, Saffold. And I think I flipped Saffold's going to play on the left side. Bates mm-hmm. is going to play on the right side. And the, the right tackle will be either Quessenberry or Brown. So that's six. Mm-hmm. Doyle is seven. Then you've got Greg Van Roten, Greg Mance, Bobby Hart. Ten is too many. So one of those guys has to get released. Hart's played really well. I think they keep him. Unless they're going to cut him because they've already got those guard tackle types in both Quessenberry and... Uh, Doyle, who's been working out as a guard a little bit. Van Roten was miserable with the Jets last year, but he's healthy, and Mance hasn't been healthy. So I I wonder what's going to happen there. That's going to be one of the more interesting battles, because I think your guys like Tenuta, uh, Owen, those guys are out of here. Um, which which line, Tenuta will definitely make the practice squad, I'm 110% sure. 110% he will. Yeah. yeah, that's, I mean, Brandon Bean loves his draft picks mm-hmm. and he likes to hold on to them. But there, I mean, he he can't, you're, you can't put that guy on the roster on a team that's that's trying to win a Super Bowl. No, and what team would sign him? I mean, I mean, unless you were just banged up at depth at tackle, I mean, he's just so raw at this point yes. right like i mean i don't think i think he might he might have promise as a swing tackle or something or depth at some sure. point as a six which is amazing as a six round pick to get that um he didn't look terrible by the way real quick i mean speaking of blocking because we're talking about the offensive line um 
I didn't mention this with Tommy Sweeney earlier. Um, he did not look good blocking against the Panthers. There were at least two times I saw him get blown up on the uh, defensive line to cause a, a, a tackle in the backfield on a running play. Because I like to look at those replays and be like, oh, who was the first guy that got through? Who was the assignment? Oh, that was Tommy Doyle. Um, yeah. Where do you see, and, and O.J. Howard didn't play that night. Obviously, Dawson Knox didn't play that night. But Tommy Sweeney did, and I believe Quentin Morris did too. Um, how do you see the tight end room? Um, filling out. So this is what's crazy because Howard Howard was playing in the fourth quarter against Carolina. Oh, he was. I didn't. I didn't yeah. catch that. Okay. And well, because well, he got hurt, he hurt his ankle, and then he came back late. So if if this guy is playing, like, and I don't know that they announced that he had hurt it. Somebody, one of those eagle eye types, noticed that he didn't have a wrap. It might have been banged up Bills actually, mm-hmm. who is a great follow. If you oh, yeah. don't follow that guy, oh yeah, but. Uh, he uh, he noticed that Howard had no wrap on his left ankle in the first half, but he had a wrap on his ankle in the second half. So I've been reading a lot of speculation that, that Buffalo may be dissatisfied with his play, and they're trying to find a trade partner for Howard. And I think that they have been impressed with Sweeney. I have not been as much. Quentin Morris has been the guy who has been more impressive to me Perhaps mostly because I expected so little from him, uh, but Morris Morris was a wide receiver in college before he converted to tight end, mm-hmm. so he's got a little bit more natural uh, ability as a route runner. Um, I don't know how much they're going to do it. I had been there'd been a lot of speculation, myself included, that they would try to keep three tight ends this year. I don't know if you can justify doing it with the talent. At another place, you you would just be keeping a, an inferior football player because that's the position he plays. But meanwhile, if you only go into a game with two tight ends and one of them gets hurt and you want to go with a two tight end set, you have Reggie Gilliam. Mm, yeah. So just just play that guy at tight end because mm-hmm. he does both and he's a great special teamer. So I I think that it's going it's Knox obviously at the top and question mark. And mm-hmm. to, if it were me. I don't know if it were me, I'd probably go chalk and I would stick with Howard mm-hmm. and just and just assume that the pedigree is going to help out and that natural athleticism when the lights go on and the game really matters. Mm-hmm. But that's a tough assumption to make when that guy has you know three mil guaranteed and no other backup. Mm-hmm. So if you can find a trade partner for him, um, I I think I would go with Morris. As as number two, truthfully, and that's not to knock Sweeney. I think that the kids fought. He's fought through a lot uh, throughout his career, but he's you know last year of his contract. Um, I'm not sure that keeping him would be worthwhile, especially since he has continuously been dinged as as a pro. So I I think that I would try to move on and and go in another direction. Morris's athleticism to me does it that would be the guy I'd be interested in. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I, I, I know that you you had mentioned Brett Kern, the all-pro punter from the Titans, possibly getting released. I mean, man, if you could somehow pull off a, a trade of O.J. Howard for Brett Kern, I mean, you know, guaranteed money for guaranteed money or whatever, like that's that's something I would be interested in. And then, like you said, you take Quinn Morrison as your backup or or Tommy Sweeney or whatever, yeah. you know, which I didn't think he did great blocking, but, you know, I heard that he did well, you know, uh, catching the ball in, in uh, training camp and stuff like that. So uh, this is his fourth season. Like this might be, you know, where he comes on strong. Uh, 
just like that's that's an interesting interesting room. So I'm sorry, I think I interrupted you earlier on the offensive line portion of it. So you said you think they're going to take nine. You said the last two or three spots is really up in the air. Um, is is there one way you lean between Mance Hart and uh, who is Van Roten? And Van, I the guy out of that three I would cut is probably Van Roten mm-hmm. uh, because Mance ha, Mance is your backup center. And he can also play guard. So, because it, to me, you don't want to, the thing you want to try to avoid is if Mitch Morse gets hurt in a game, you don't want to have to slide Ryan Bates over to center in the middle of that game. I'd rather be able to leave him at guard, plug Mance in at center because he's, he will have practiced at center the entire time. And then if you think that your better option is to play Tommy Doyle at, at right guard and play Ryan Bates at center and Morse is going to miss the next game too, then you let Bates practice at center yeah. for that whole week and, and you get him set up. Because that quarterback center exchange, there's too much that can go wrong for me to risk that mid-game. And I think that's part of the reason why it took the coaching staff so long to put Bates into the starting lineup anyway, because... He was the primary backup center last year. And then once they put him in, I think John Feliciano became the the begrudging backup center as we've had to listen to him mouth off more often than I wanted God. to. God, but, we all liked him when he's here and he won't shut up about it now that he's gone. Yeah, it's just it's like, uh, I get it, like your ex broke up with yeah, you and yeah. you really loved her yeah. and you wish you were still with her, but uh, yeah. like move on, I know, sweetheart. Guy. Like it's okay. Move Go on, like, sweetheart. I'm sure you got it. And you know what? If I saw that guy in person, I'd say, Hi, Mr. Feliciano, it's very nice to meet you. <laughs> Because that man would snap me in half one-handed. What, a 330 guard that knows MMA? You know, like, oh, that doesn't scare you at all? <laughs> Got straight, literally outweighs me by 140 pounds. So, like, there'd be, I'd have no shot. He would just, just break me like an effing toothpick. But, uh, yeah, I think the other, like, battleground is is that linebacker spot. I'm interested to see what they do. Because you're obviously going to have uh, Milano and Edmonds topping it i think matikevich is safe because uh, they just re-signed him and his his contract is is fairly sizable and he's a great special teamer you're, you're not going to get rid of him on that terrell bernard isn't going anywhere so there's four um i think tyrell dodson is fairly safe as well as the primary backup if uh if either edmonds or milano gets hurt i think they put him in first mm. uh but that sixth linebacker it would have been Andre Smith, but he's suspended for the first six games. Um, I think Balen Specter has played his way onto the roster. Like that, that kid plays with his hair on fire, mm-hmm. and that could be. I they got him in the seventh round, correct? I, yes, out of Clemson. Yeah, yep. like my that guy. He's got. He's giving me like. He's giving me Milano vibes, not in the way he plays, but in the fact that his draft position does not equate to how well he performs in games. Like, he seems like he's always in the right spot. He he really can lay the wood. He's not bad in coverage. He's a plus athlete. Like, I, it's going to be interesting to me what they do when Smith returns mm-hmm. or when he's eligible to return. Yeah, exactly. He plays with his hair on fire. Like, I think, yeah. Could you see a scenario where, I mean, by the way, like, it's between him and what, Joe Giles Harris? Yes. Um, which I thought he had a pretty good preseason. 
He's good. That that guy seems like a solid player. Like, he player. seems everywhere, too, like Balin Spector, uh-huh. like, very similar, you know? So, I mean, if it comes between the two, I mean, how could you not see Brandon Bean taking his draft pick over an undrafted guy, you know, that's been with the roster for a few seasons? Um, I don't think he's he's been practice squad, I believe. or he's... He, Yeah, he he was with the practice squad, uh, and the, he got promoted a couple of times mm-hmm. last year. He had been, I think he was with Jacksonville. To, to start mm. his career, but he's like, I, I like that guy too. And that it's, they have a lot of talent. They have an abundance of talent at that spot. Uh, and corner is another spot where they have an abundance of talent. And a guy like Cam Lewis, who we brought up way in the beginning and how he was one of those fringe guys. I, I think he's the primary beneficiary of, of Trey White's, ACL rehab because you're you're gonna obviously have Elam on the roster. Dane Jackson didn't play at all or he played very little uh, on Friday night, so he's he's safe. Uh, Christian Benford has been phenomenal mm-hmm. in there, so there there's three corners right there. Taron Johnson is is there. Saran Neal is in there. First Saran Neal is in. hundred percent. That's five. So then, if you're keeping a sixth, would be Trey White. Right now, you're sixth. Who's the best other corner? It's probably Lewis. Probably Lewis over over McLeod or geez, I can't even think of the next guy. There was a guy, Jamarcus Ingram, uh-huh. uh, was in there, but on the on the one touchdown pass that uh, that Mayfield threw, it was to Sky. I, I might have been Sky Moore, but I might Sky Moore is actually with Kansas He's with City, the Chiefs, isn't yeah. he? Mm-hmm. Scott, yeah, Sky Smith, Sky, Sky somebody uh-huh. for for the slot receiver for Carolina, whoever he is, yeah. I don't know who it was, but it looked like there was a miscommunication, rookie on rookie, between whether or not Ingram or Terrell Bernard was supposed to be the guy picking him up, and I think that a guy like Bernard, who was picked in the third round, you can make those mistakes and still make the roster. Mm-hmm. A guy like Ingram, who's an undrafted free agent. You can't really make those mistakes and, and still make the roster, especially at a, a deep spot. So I, I think that Lewis over McLeod probably would have been the second guy. Uh, I was rooting for Elijah Griffin. Mm-hmm. Love Warren G. Yeah. But I mean, couldn't, you know. He didn't, he, I, I didn't see him that much, honestly. Like, I didn't see him. Be, no, play yeah, a lot they, or... no, they, well, they, they released him earlier. They released oh. him in one of the other cutdowns. And that I mean, was I it. knew that. I knew that. I was just, <laughs> Brandon Bean had to regulate. He had to get him out of there. So that was, that was there. That was my one bad Warren G pun <laughs> for the entire time. Oh, man. I, I was, from... we only get one. Oh, man. I was hoping we'd I, get another one before. I refrained from doing it in the, in the write up in the 90 and 90 this yeah. year because I, I was like, not going to do it. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. 90 and 90 and a, reference from the 90s hey man you know that's it i when i was uh it's funny uh warren g follows our twitter account uh, yes which is which is cool it's so cool because when i was uh in a fraternity in college we all had to sing certain songs and my song that i had to sing was regulators by oh, warren boy. g because i'm nate so they figured nate dog it's the most <laughs> it's the most famous song that nate dog knows right or that he was part of yes. so i know i know the entire song cuz i had to learn both both parts of it so it was pretty it was a pretty uh it was a highlight of my career as a podcaster and Twitter, you know, account when Warren G follows you. So that was really cool. So yeah, I was I was rooting for him, just in general. But yeah, that didn't uh, 
that didn't quite pan out. But, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll make the practice squad or something like that. We'll see. So this story is apropos of nothing. But I, when I was in college, I played in a band. And inspired by the, uh, the edited version of Regulators, where Warren G. says that he's going to lay them busters down. Uh-huh. Any time that I had a song where I would say, there's one that we had written in particular where I, I said the F word more than once. And if we were playing in a place that wasn't a bar where there might be kids out, like I was 20, but I knew I was going to be a teacher. So I, I kind of was cognizant of it. So I, I instead of saying, we got to get those fuckers now. Uh-huh. I said, we got to get those busters now. And I would, do, I would do it the whole way through. And my drummer used to rip me apart. He was like, dude, just say fuck. Who cares? And I was like, nah, man, there's like 10-year-olds in the audience. Yeah. I'm not saying that. Nice. So I'm, oh yeah. <laughs> Everybody's going down if we don't get them busters now, is what I used to say. And they were like, that, that's the word? So I'm like, kind of. <laughs> Nice, nice. You were ready for yeah. You were ready for becoming a teacher and having to tone down that uh, the mouth, right? Like at the time, like there's, I'm sure there's a lot of things that you want to say at school, but you can't because you know you have kids looking up to you. So that's it, man. You got to take a deep breath. There's always a cell phone on you, so you got to make sure that you're not saying anything that's going to end up uh, getting you taken out, going viral. Yeah, getting you taken out. Well, uh, yeah. I, man, we covered so much, Sean. Um, again, I want to thank you for coming on and talking about all these all these different things the Metariza thing the Bills Panthers recap the the preseason in general the 53 men roster which is coming out like you said Tuesday in the afternoon 4 p.m. or something to that effect which I think that's it this yeah. episode will be out before then so it'll be interesting to see where they go if there's any big surprises um I, I've taken up a ton of your time, but is there anything else that you wanted to mention that we didn't get a chance to? I feel like we covered almost everything. We could have, we could, I could have not released a podcast from like the end of the draft till now, and I think we covered everything. Is there <laughs> anything we missed? Yeah. An oral history of the Buffalo Bills <laughs> from from April 2022 to August. What the hell day yeah. is it? 27th, whatever that happens to be. Yeah, no, I, I think we got it, man. That was uh, that was good stuff as usual. Well, you know, I definitely appreciate you coming on. Um, and doing this and, and talking about, you know, these issues and whatnot. Um, I know it's not easy. Uh, I, you know, at least the, you know, the sensitive topics, but, um, you know, the bill stuff is always fun. Um, it's always a good, you know, I think Sean McDermott mentioned, you know, this is just a game. Like there's real mm-hmm. life out there. I think this was definitely a time when we kind of really, realize like man we get so invested in this in our lives in you know our thoughts and everything going around us that we don't really need to step back like this is truly just a game (laughs) you know that's it yeah Um, that's it there's there's stuff happening that is bigger than the game than the game but but man it's still damn fun to talk about with you so thank you thank you sean for coming on appreciate you doing this obviously they can find all of your amazing work on buffalorumlings.com um obviously with you know with with 90 players 90 days pretty much being all set like where do you shift your focus to and and writing and you know all of your articles going here on out because you're always doing uh, a ton of different things you know throughout the season you know you i i constantly see on the slack like oh i'll write this you know like you're 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 ready and willing so what 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 is there any focus or is it just like you know what needs to be written i'm there that's yeah i i try to to just stay at the ready Mm -hmm. like i i want and matt knows that like when if something's got to be done he just pings me and i'm like yeah guy i got you don't worry about it like i i just like because i'm constantly looking at the information anyway 
and especially over the summer, being on teacher time, oh, like yeah. when there's when there's bre- if there's breaking news, I'm on it. Mm-hmm. If there's something that that goes down, I I like to follow it. I usually keep my I keep myself out of the opinion realm. I don't like to talk about. And for an English teacher, you'd think I would like to invent stories and and go to conjecture, but mm-hmm. I, I try to stay away from the opinion. So thank you for giving me the opportunity tonight to uh, to give some opinion on on some of the stuff that was happening. I, I do really appreciate it. No, no, absolutely. And and I just thought of this while you're mentioning. You know, obviously you're an English teacher. What is there a class out there? Because this is a very real like area like people do make careers out of blogging like part of your career i mean you're a teacher but this is like this isn't just like oh i just do this every once in a while like you're pumping out articles each week you know and they have to be like a certain form i mean obviously you're probably you're probably very critical of your writing and whatnot and you're critical you read other writers out there you're like ah, they should have done this a little bit differently like is there a class you teach about blogging or not even blogging i feel like that takes away from what you're doing um but like just you know writing for internet articles only that will never go to print you know like like and 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 this is this is a realm where like i said people make millions of dollars doing it like is there a class like that or would you ever teach something like that so you're gonna laugh but we we run a journalism class in our high school and the person who teaches it is my wife oh really so it's yeah so she and because she is so good with the the multimedia aspect of things like where it takes me forever to figure out how to do the digital stuff she's like oh yeah you just stream through this program and i've got it here and i've got and she's two seconds in and i'm like i write the sentences and (laughs) i hit submit and that is that so a, a lot of like the one writing course that i do teach is is mostly academic writing but a lot of times that that when we go through it i'll sit there and we we do different focus on like audience and purpose and whatnot so i'll look at them and say okay imagine that your published audience is this and i have had kids before be like well what what do you know about publishing and i'm like what do i know about publishing well and they'll just like sir i'll post it up on the board and i'll be like yeah here i am like old man big timing you Mm -hmm. sit there and every once in a while like there'll be a kid that's like I actually read that. That's you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And then there'll be like, oh, I read the, the New York Rangers SB Nation blog, or I read the, the Jets blog. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm sorry to you. So, yeah. So I'm sorry you wasted kinda, your time doing that, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? But no, so there's at, at the high school level, our, our high school too, we, we need to offer more electives. That's all I'll say about that. So I don't get in trouble just in mm-hmm. case I get uh, somebody listens to this. But uh, it, we, one of the things that I had been approached about by my my old principal was a Bills fan, mm. and uh, and that's that's rare in the Hudson Valley to find another of them. But he uh, he wanted me to write do like a sports journalism club, and there was no stipend with the sports journalism club. And I said to him, I was like, "Look, I'm responsible for eight articles a week, and I'm the softball coach, and I have two kids, and." these kids would be publishing stuff and then I'd be responsible for making sure that they had a forum that people didn't post filthy things on too, right? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, not doing it. <laughs> like, sorry, I can't trust a bunch of 15-year-olds to, to do this the right way. Yeah. But it's, yeah, the uh, the journalism teacher at, at my high school where we work is is my wife and she is excellent at it. And I'm not just saying that because I married her. She is She is damn good and like, 
Like she is the one who can put all this stuff together. Mm-hmm. You're like, and I'm not just saying that because she's standing over my back right now as I'm saying she's that. She's not. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm in, I'm in my basement hovel. Yeah, hovel. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, again, like I mentioned, Sean, it's always a pleasure. Like you're one of my first people to tap on the shoulder um, to talk uh, Buffalo Bills, and you've always been so gracious with your time. Thank you again for doing this. Uh, I appreciate the heck out of it. Yeah, man. Anytime. Can't wait until we do it again. So this episode was brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. So for me, Nate, go Bills, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>